0: thank you so much for joining Steph and I on the design plug um, I've been really excited about this one and um, because you already know I, I I'm a fan of yours I, I think you're badass and I can't wait for people to hear your story so um, you know can you dive right in of you know how did you come up what's your UX journey like
1: oh man my journey's a little strange so I had
2: um, yeah, it All really right. is and
1: I, and I kind yeah, of stumbled yeah. into UX like, by accident. I was at UT Dallas and into my like junior year there and I was going for um digital marketing right so that's where my path was leading me and I likewise uh, yeah we walked across we were walking to I think out of class or into class one night and and he goes hey look at this and it was a little sign on the door and it was for the UX club at UT Dallas Mm. so I was like well let's go and we went because they had free pizza that's really how i stumbled into ux I, know I stuff, right? but i'm a food person so i was like let's go eat free food so we went to- <laughs> oh, and i'm wow. sitting there and was, i'm not even joking guys this is funny so i were I'm, while we're eating i'm like this is really interesting they had a team from capital one there mm. and Capital one was coming in and talking to us and kind of you know um talking about their ux team talking about portfolios and talking about the process right and how they design Mm -hmm. products Mm -hmm. i was like listening and the thing that attracted me the most was it's learning that ux was this culmination or this combination really of you know business technology and creativity right so Mm -hmm. so all of those different things and i'm like i really like this Mm -hmm. Um, i decided to just go ahead and and follow that path and go to more meetings. And then I got involved in, in the community and with uh, big design there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So Brian Sullivan and my professor Cassini um, at UT Dallas kind of connected me there and I volunteered and I got to go to these sessions. Um, I think the way that I started, I was a, um, a sketch artist. So we would go to okay. these talks and you know like live sketch and mm-hmm. take some questions. So the sketch noting kind of led to me learning more and more about UX and realizing that this is really the path that I wanted to take,
2: mm-hmm. not,
1: not digital design. I mean, I was doing that for um, for different companies, but mm-hmm. you know, like as a nice gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I thought this is this is probably the way I really want to go. This is this is pretty awesome. And you know, one thing led to another. I ended up graduating and um, taking more interaction design classes and. Um, that is really what really sparked it for me and that, you know, I, I started to realize that this is cool. I can innovate, I can, um, create things and I can create paths for people that, you know, really matter, right. Those, those solutions that matter to them and, um, make Mm -hmm. it easy for for everybody. Um, it it may not be visible, but Mm -hmm. it's maybe, you know, the interaction design on the back end, or maybe it's, you know, creating, um, a fun. AR game right to keep people mm-hmm. engaged um yeah business flowing. so um, a lot of those things just fit with me and um me. Mm-hmm. and so that is what kind of led me down this path of ux
0: that's dope that's super dope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you did you run into like any any hurdles because i know definitely from somebody who kind of went down the same path like digital marketing background didn't know anything about design. And then when you stepped into like this whole design arena, it's like, there's so much to learn. Like, so as you were going through this process, even like um, applying to jobs and things like that, were there any like any hurdles that you had to overcome?
1: Yes, I can tell you a big one. So the big one for me was because I was so used to doing a lot um, Mm -hmm. as a freelancer, I had a lot of different subsets of skills. Um, Mm -hmm. My problem, So after i graduated ut dallas i went to i decided to go to a um to smu to get my ux certification Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: when i went there i started to realize that i know a lot of different things a lot of small things like i can do digital marketing i can do creative i can do visual design i can do you know ux i can do all these different things but i had a hard time focusing on one and Mm -hmm. so i I approached my professor one night and and i just had a talk with him he became my mentor right and so I said, I, I have a problem. And I said, this is a weird thing for me to say because it felt weird saying it at the same time. It felt like I was mm-hmm. going, oh, look how badass I am. But that's not mm-hmm. what it was. I was just trying yeah. to, to narrow my focus.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I said, what do you do? And what do you say to, get, to people You know that, that have these different skill sets that are multifaceted individuals, right? Like I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, well, the best advice I could give you and he goes, and you need to follow it. Is to pick one,
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: pick one, focus on it, and make that your direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did, and and UX was the place that I that I went. Right, so I put away the the digital design. I put away those things. I knew I still had those skill sets, but my mm-hmm. focus narrowed, and I was able to just concentrate on UX. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I began to um, you know just really practice my craft and reach out to companies and try to build their products and. Mm-hmm. tried to um, talk. I talked to everybody. I approached everybody to try to you know, to get that that first gig. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but that was one of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome. Is is trying to narrow. I like all these things, right? How yeah. Like and so that that is the best advice. Stop what you're doing. Take a step back, and then just mm-hmm. pick one. You know? And it doesn't even have to be the one that you're really really good at, right? Because I was mm-hmm. really really good at i mean digital marketing but Mm-mm. this is not what i wanted this is the way i wanted to go and so i
0: had to yeah. kind of learn And i definitely feel you on that like that i think that's one of the biggest traps for new designers it's definitely something that i found myself in like falling into uh, early on but definitely have that that level of focus now and like okay product design this is what i'm focusing on this is what i'm going to get good at Instead of, like, trying to learn HTML and different tools yeah. and all this other stuff, like, you just got to focus on one thing and get really good at it. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you on that one. It's, it's true. You have to just pick one. Mm-hmm. It's hard sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would what would you say your, like, superpower is? Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, I'm going to have to say uh, strategic vision. Okay. So that, that's one of the the things that I think I'm really good at, I'm good at kind of taking a step back away from the design and kind of saying, okay, how can, what we're about to make, what we're about to create, either elevate the business or the user experience. And sometimes that can be hard to do because you get focused on one visual design, right? I'm going to make this, thing and this thing is going to be amazing. It's going to be cool, yep. but you can make the thing, but if the business won't accept it, or if the business doesn't, you know, push it out into the market, your mm-hmm. work is like no good, right? You, they'll never, it'll never see the light of day. So what you need to do is take a step back and be able to kind of view the overall strategy of not just that product, but how it fits into the business.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. How can
1: we, what we're making and um, level it up or mm-hmm. um, you know scale it, is it scalable? Yep. You need to be able to kind of understand those different units and, and um, the potential for your product. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're one hundred percent correct. Yeah, one hundred percent correct. Do you think that's something that gets overlooked or underestimated um, you know, in people that are transitioning and learning this field?
1: I do. Um, there are a lot of artists and creatives that have a tendency to um, focus only on that that path, yeah. right? And that's mm-hmm. okay. I mean, it's okay to be good and to um, hone in, hone your craft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, i a family of artists, right? My dad was an artist. I'm an artist, we, it's, it's in your blood, right? That's what mm-hmm. you want to do, develop. But mm-hmm. in the UX field, you have to be willing to bend a little bit and to learn a little bit more about those business structures that are around you. And yep. you can't just dive into visual design and that's it. That's all I do. That's all I want to do mm-hmm. just, you can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. To be a well-rounded UX person, you kind of have to be willing to put on your business hat and say, all Mm -hmm. right, how can we make this beautiful thing that I'm making make us money?
0: Right. Um,
1: Because especially in a corporate environment, that's what they care about. They want to know what what your design is going to bring them uh, in the long run as far as their ROI. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the only way to do that is to to do it right. To go and talk to them, find out their business needs, find out what we're trying to achieve, find out their KPIs. There's mm-hmm. a lot involved in that. But we have to be as UX designers, we have to be brave enough to ask those questions and um, understand them and make the effort to you know put on our business business hats.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very, very factual. I think ever, I think we had that conversation last week. Yeah, no, yeah, we did. And it's like I got to get that word out there more and more that, you know, it's not being told to people and we're venturing off into product design. And that's why I'm really big and pushing that because you're 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 adding on that element of that business side, the product side. You have to know how what you're making is going to make money, because, again, if everybody in the room only cares about that. And yep. hey, you need to learn that so you could speak the language, and so therefore you can, you know, if you are offered a seat at the table, then you can really leverage that seat because you know how to speak the language of everybody in the room.
1: Yeah, indeed, I agree with that hundred um, percent. And it it's also it, it also puts you like in a room with your peers, right? Because mm-hmm. you're building this problem with these people, and they those are your internal stakeholders and, mm-hmm. you know, to understand their language and then have them understand yours at the same time Mm -hmm. is, I guess, monumental in trying to get your product built. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll preach it to the world and you preach it to the world and maybe people will listen. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That
0: makes sense. That makes sense. What's it like trying to get a seat at the table from your perspective? I want to hear this. That's interesting. Uh,
1: I kind of like elbow my way into the table. (laughs) (laughs) I like to make myself heard, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I think that UX has a lot to offer a business mm-hmm. and a business structure. And especially when I, and, and what I do is I like to leave with data. I come in mm-hmm. and I will evaluate a product or a project that mm-hmm. they were trying. To do. I'll look at the analytics. I'll look at all of the, the trends, right. Mm-hmm. And, and the paths that customers take, mm-hmm. um, that stuff is like gold, right? We take mm-hmm. those in, those analytics, and then we apply them to, okay, how can we improve this thing? Mm-hmm. How can we make it better? How can we um, make you guys more money, right? Mm-hmm. What are the mm-hmm. potential opportunities that we have? So being mm-hmm. able to come in and identify those um, really helps them build their roadmap, helps them, you know, structure the business around these problems, versus mm-hmm. just, oh, I have this idea, mm-hmm. we're going to build it, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to have that factual data and, and and stuff to come to the table with and and say this is why i'm talking the way i'm talking right now and this is Mm -hmm. what we so have a strategy have your facts have your analytics if you if you have them if you don't Mm -hmm. have them go talk to people and get some Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, talk to your customers talk to your your internal and external stakeholders anybody that you can you know that will give you your their ear really and Mm -hmm. and learn about your business and learn about what um, the product that you're trying to, you know, market is. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's where my marketing piece comes in because you have to be able to go out and talk to people and sell yourself as a UX person. Um, yeah. And, but those pieces, you know, the data, the um, the information,
2: mm-hmm. that is
1: really the core thing that you need to come to the table with. Yeah. And, so- you, yeah, and I think you also have to have a little bit of, you um, Professionalism, right? It's okay mm-hmm. to joke and laugh with your friends and stuff, but you know, at the it, it's all it's different depending on who you're talking with. So know your mm-hmm. peers you're talking to. If you're mm-hmm. talking to the group, then you need to speak their language, right? And their language is, you know, bottom lines, ROIs, um mm-hmm. the money, the money talks mm-hmm. for them, as well mm-hmm. as strategy. Yep. And so those those different things are are really important for, for UX to come to the table with.
0: Mm -hmm. that's that's really interesting so my one of my questions is like how does somebody who's just new in the game you know junior you know maybe their first year or within their first year how does somebody like facilitate that type of conversation to like you know a pm or maybe even like a director of product because you know i feel like that might be something that they might be a little nervous about you know talking to Mm -hmm. their pms about yeah and with somebody who's more senior in somebody who's been in the industry for a lot longer those are conversations they probably had a lot more and they're more experienced with
1: yeah and and i get that right there are people that um especially in the ux field that i've that i've other designers that i've worked with are very introverted right mm-hmm. they're they're shy they're not used to, talking to people they're not as vocal mm-hmm. as i am mm-hmm. um, so sometimes it's it's difficult for them to convey their message and mm-hmm. i get that i totally get that so what you need to do, or what I would do, right? If that was me, and it has been me, you know, on occasion, especially when I first, you know, came over to Cox Automotive, I, it was a very different environment than Seven mm-hmm. Eleven was for me. Was mm-hmm. was, you know, we were laughing and joking, and here it's a little more structured. You know, mm-hmm. you have the business that depending on you to build these things, um, and it's it's different, right? There's a different hierarchical structure there,
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: can be a little unnerving. And, and the best thing that you can do as a, de, as a new designer is to go in and design, right? Mm-hmm. Go in and do your craft, do your job, um, learn as much as you can about the business. I think the first few weeks I was there, I was asking a ton of questions. Um, use your new card, right? I'm mm-hmm. new here,
2: I have yep. a question. I'm
1: not sure, you know, ask the question you need and you'll get all the answers that, that they have. Um, and as UX person, we're kind of centered around research, right, around mm-hmm. trying to learn. And so that, that is something that is vital. Um, so my recommendation to people that don't really have, um, or, or might be a little shy, right, mm-hmm. is to start with who you know, start with the person that hired you, start with the people that, you know, on your team, someone that, that has been there, like a senior, Mm -hmm. have the conversations with them because they have a wealth of knowledge in their head that they can pass down to you or Mm -hmm. they can tell you where to find it. Right. If you have, um, an internal company, um, like an intranet, Mm -hmm. get on it and start learning about your company and start learning about the people. If you have outlook, you can go and click on their names and find out who these people are. You can see, you know, um, branches on branches of, you know, leadership Mm -hmm. levels and, where they fall in that in that path. So um, I invite people to do their research if they're brand new and coming in and afraid to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Learn as much as you can and then present your work. Based yeah, on what you're doing. that's where you start the conversation. Yes, yeah, right. totally
0: agree. Totally agree. And one of the first things for me, like when I got you know brought on to new jobs, one of the first thing I ask, how do we make money? because I, I like i like numbers so i like to know how, how just how do we make money and then from there it branches out okay then i get to see where i fit in that equation so okay how can i bring more in that case and then so i take a look at the designs from that part i'm like okay and i take a look at the uh, the data okay what are what do our users say about our shit like what do they say so if you understand yeah. what how we make money what people are saying about us, and then the inner workings of the design. Well, I have everything I need technically to get started, and kind of you know triage the thing.
1: That's true. One of my favorite things at Seven Eleven was our, our uh, Voice of the Customer portal. Got mm-hmm. so much feedback. So I would hit that up. The, the uh, we had like an internal. Um, it was like a feedback loop, right? a company mm-hmm. that the, the feedback button that on our on our apps and sites. And I would just scroll through there every morning and listen and look um, for anything that we could kind of like cling on to and say, we can better this experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I would
1: go to the Apple store and check out the ratings of our company and our app. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't hit the five star. I hit the one star. Mm -hmm. When I hit that one star, I saw all the negative stuff that people were saying about us. The good thing is that most of the things that they were saying about us wasn't about us. It wasn't about our app. It was about mm-hmm. sports in general, and so mm-hmm. I didn't feel, you know, so bad.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's a good place to start. I mean, just, just just listen to what your customers are saying. Go out and try to make it better.
0: When when communicating with you know especially people from the business C-suite and things like that, um, what is something that you really stress um, when it comes to communicating with them?
1: I can tell you one of the one of the best things that one of my professors told me this one year
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or she told me i overheard her telling another student this right and i and i have this in my head
2: and, uh-huh. and
1: he asked her this question we were about to take one of our you know hardest exams in the year and and mm-hmm. he's up there she's this smart intelligent woman and she's telling everybody what they need to do how they can prepare what you have to you know say and do and all these things mm-hmm. and sitting in there and he asked the question, she goes, what, what do we need to do? And she just puts her hands on the desk and she goes, know your shit. Mm. And that is the best advice that I can give you when you're about mm. to go and talk to executives. Yep. You need to make sure that you have everything in line with your design from end to end. You also need mm. to make sure that you have um, jotted down a few questions, right? That, that yep. they could potentially ask you and um, Make sure that you have all your ducks in a row, really, just all of the things that um, the work that you are about to present. Make sure you know it from end to end because mm-hmm. there will be questions, there will be comments, there will be people asking you, um, you know, random things about anything. Like you, yeah. you can go in and be presenting about like um, this amazing pattern, you know, new pattern design or whatever, and it's going to focus on a button. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> What was the decision behind this button? And you're gonna be like, but that's not what really? I'm showing you. I mean, this right. other amazing, right? right? So just know your stuff. Go in and and have the confidence to to say this is our design. Even if you work as a mm-hmm. team, like with a with a greater audience and a greater team, mm-hmm. um, everybody on that team should be able to walk you through from end to end and say this is our design.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, this
1: you did this right. So. Just yeah. just know your stuff when you go and talk to those people because they are going to ask you questions. And some of them may be hard. And mm-hmm. if you can't answer those, you just say, Let me get back to you on that.
0: One hundred percent real. I mean, be honest. Just say, you know what? I don't know. Let me get back to you on that when I take it down. But one of the biggest things is you have to be anticipatory when it comes to these questions too. Like you have to anticipate what what would somebody say here? You have to also look at like, especially for me. If I'm going to present a view or some sort, I need to, I'm thinking I need to have an answer to what happens if I touch that or what happens here? If I can answer those on every single button link as much as possible, you're good because nothing is going to throw you for a loop. But the minute you, you know, the minute you did not do a check for yourself and say, yep, I know what happens here, 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 here. Again, that's where you can kind of get lost, but that's where you, you know, you put yourself in a good position and say, you know what, that's a great question. I'll get back to you on that. Or I could talk about it offline.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, playing off of what you just said, like if you're going to go in, know your people, know your audience, right? Because your executives aren't going to sit there and flip through mounds and mounds of research and data.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: bullet point it. If you're talking to executives, bullet point it, put it in a PowerPoint mm-hmm. and because that's their language, right?
2: So Yep. <laughs>
1: I can say that, but yes. the executives—they love their decks and they love their powerpoints. That is mm-hmm. where you need to focus your your yep. skills. Talking to to PMs and uh, design other designers, pop that prototype up and pop up the you know the wireframes. You can put all that magic stuff on there. But when mm-hmm. you're talking to, an they need to flip through a deck and they need like uh, bullet points of quick information because that's how yep. they that's just what they do. Um, that was hard yeah. for me.. I'm like, really?
0: yeah. <laughs> I find myself creating more decks nowadays. Um, and but you're right, though, especially when speaking to leadership like that, they speak in PowerPoints, they speak in decks all the time. And for me, I try to keep the bullet points on like each page, no more than three, period. like just yeah. I keep three, 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 three they could just see, read it, scan it quickly, and there's no thinking, essentially. That's what I'm trying to convey there.
1: And then and then after, after they have reviewed that, if they want to see those connection points or that prototype, say, I can send you the link and you guys can click through it.
2: There you um, go. Mm-hmm.
1: But, but for the most part, you want to present your research, you want to present all those things, but keep it succinct, keep it the high level points that you've learned, um, and just put it in a deck because that's when they'll, that's that's what they're, that's what, they're, that's
0: what they do. See, mm-hmm. I've yet to make a deck yet. So I'm guessing that might be something on my list that I need to start <laughs> getting yeah. good at. Yeah. Hey man, just make, it a, just make it in a sketch or your software, yeah. uh, Figma. That's what yeah. I do. I just design in there and then export it and make a PDF. You're good to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's all you gotta do. It's super easy. I'm like, click. We're done. Just
0: send it <laughs> on its own. Were you afforded the opportunity to be vulnerable as a designer in your first role?
1: Um, I was. I was. uh Well, actually, no, I, I take it back. I was not. <laughs> but my first one was my freelance one. And my okay. freelance one, I had to go in and I pretended that I was like, you know, I am yeah. amazing. I do yeah. this, and you want to hire me, right? So mm-hmm. And, and I can tell you that it was for this furniture company. This guy hired me to build him a website for a furniture company in, mm-hmm. in Dallas. And I, I said, okay, sure, no problem. I said, so I went and we had the conversation about his business and what, um, I mean, this is all on the phone mm-hmm. and about what he's trying to achieve, what he wants to do, you know, right? He wants to incorporate digital marketing. I'm like, sure, no problem, I can do that. We can build that into your site, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be a hard site. It was it was a WordPress site, right? So I designed it for him and then kind of handed it off. So I go in and I talk to him and I'm like, I'm gonna need a few photos for your site because so we can show you the bit, you know, your building, we can show your things that you're trying to do, because he didn't have anything. And he was like, Okay, great. Mm -hmm. He was just come over on this Saturday morning. We went over there and um it was it was in a warehouse and he had everything kind of piled up. and his store was kind of attached to a um, a grocery store. Yeah. I guess it was kind of a sketch grocery store. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. And then I walk in and he's got like this huge, um, I don't even know what the flag was, some huge flag in the middle of the, the door. And I'm like, all right. And I walk in and the furniture is horrendous, man. I'm not even gonna lie, it was yeah. bad. And he goes, like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to show this furniture. I want to show the furniture from the catalog. And I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he was selling oh, the stuff. Okay. Drop shipping. So I was okay. like. Uh, okay.
0: So he didn't even have it on him.
1: <laughs> he didn't even have it on him. He had a couple <laughs> wow. of things. Anyway. So I, I was like, I will build him a nice site. So I built him yeah. a decent But then he got mad because nobody was coming to his store. <laughs> <laughs> So that I didn't. I didn't really have an opportunity to, you know, to. I failed miserably there because.
0: Yeah. I didn't
1: yeah. Do my homework on my client, right? I didn't know what I was stepping into. I just yeah. it was a job. And
2: it was yeah. Like yeah. I
1: was excited, and so.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I learned my lesson the hard way with that yeah. one. <laughs> but um, Gosh. so so failure was, it really, really wasn't something mm-hmm. that I. Plan on it just happened with that client.
2: Yeah, it
1: did get better from there. I did get regular clients and (laughs) I was able to do more for them. But this first one was, Do I know what I'm doing? What am I doing? Right? I asked that Mm -hmm. question, and that's when um, the imposter syndrome set in really hard, right? Because I was like, Well, I built them the site, but it's not working. What am I doing? Do I know what I'm doing? You know, yeah, sounds hard, but.
0: Overcoming that uh, imposter syndrome is something that I think we all deal with right?
1: Yeah 100% it's hard. I mean yeah. you have you're, you want to um, you want to grow as a designer right but you get in a room with other designers and then you're like, oh my god, these people are so talented
2: mm-hmm.
1: What at what they do they're awesome right And then you want to be there but at the same time you're like, I don't want to be here because i suck you know <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not as good as that girl uh, but then you start to realize i think the, the further along you go in your career you start to realize that if i wasn't good if i wasn't doing great things i probably wouldn't be where i am right now right, right? and you have to, you have to look at your wins not other people's wins. And I think that yeah. is how you get over imposter syndrome. You have to yeah. look at your little wins and the things that you are able to do well. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of go, yeah. with, the, go with the flow because it's gonna yeah. hit and it hits all the time. <laughs> it pretty it hard. does, it and does. And you just look at your stuff, right? Look at your little wins, look at your world and say, I'm doing all right, yeah. I'm doing good. You know, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have created this thing. I wouldn't have created this thing if I wasn't any good. Mm-mm. Don't be so
0: yeah. hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And it's like, I mean, clearly, another thing too to think about it is, look, you bring something to the table that's different than everybody else. It's the reason why you're here, right? Because there's significant, there's a significant amount of people who applied for the job. Yes, but you bring something to the table that clearly somebody else didn't. And if we focus in on that, but also getting better at that thing that makes you different or separated yourself from other people, then I think it's a little bit easier to, you know, overlook the the, the imposter syndrome. Cause then I'll tell you, even even where I am now, sometimes occasionally it'll creep up, but it's like, you no, know, you got here doing you knock that shit yep. out so it's like you know it is it is tough but you know once you hone in on like you said like your wins and, and your world it's like yeah no yeah you're supposed to be here keep going though keep going so
1: you're right yeah but it's, it's it can be it can be daunting and it happens yeah. to everybody not like yeah. something that oh you know, it never happens to me you know no, it's it happens to everybody
0: yeah so i want to i want to give you a scenario right Okay. I'm a, I'm a young designer about to start my first role. How do you prepare me for the politics and design I'm about to step into? Mm. I was just about to ask that. You read my mind.
1: All right. Young designer. Okay. Um, well, okay. So what I would do is I would have to explain to you that you're not always going to win. And that yeah. is the... Thing that I think you really need to absorb, right? Your design is not always going to be the best design, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think that's the first thing I would say. The second mm-hmm. thing I would say is don't be married to your designs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's hard for a young designers sometimes because, yeah. you're, and you're trying to be loves. And when people come in and tell you that your baby's ugly, you're going to be mad, and you're going to be like, hmm. "No, it's not. This is the best baby, right? This is the best thing, right?"
0: yeah I, I definitely um i definitely agree with that I think one of the main things that I was dealing with when I first started is like when I was working on a feature or just whatever thing I was working on I would come up with just one solution right mm-hmm. and one thing my my design manager has constantly been telling me is like there's multiple ways you can approach a problem and so mm-hmm. like so what I'm doing now is like if i if I'm working on something I'll try to come come up with like Three to three to five different variations of like different approaches, basically, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, you can present those different variations, and then based on whatever design critique you get back, you can you guys can figure out which one is probably
1: going to be the one that works mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good approach. And I wish you had the time to do that. Make those two, make those three, make those four, and then mm-hmm. put them in front of users and let the users decide which one they mm-hmm. like which one's easier or which one, um, you know, resonates more with your customer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I definitely um, did in my first uh, job because I didn't know what the hell they wanted. <laughs> so I had to come up with multiple options. And I think uh, what's really important is doing that. Now, what I found, though, as I, as you go further along in your career, You may not have to bring about so many options because you you just seen how many systems work and, you know, you understand modality. And so you don't have to do that. And then, two you know, if you're because so much of this business is being a salesperson. Once you get those skills up, you could you know how to bend and push people to go towards, you know, the better option. But again, it's not it's the better option, not what I think is the best or my opinion or what I like. It is literally factual, the better option that's what's important yeah.
1: so talk to people i talk to people talk to people Re- do your research sit with them watch them use your product
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, you can learn so much from that yeah that's one thing i, I do miss um uh, having those you know the research there in front of me because i yeah. learned so much from that observation yeah. is, is crucial in our work
0: yeah, I feel like that's really where you learn the most when you finally put a design in front of a user, because of mm-hmm. course, when you're designing something, you you do make certain assumptions. And then, but when you finally put it in front of a user and see some of those assumptions be validated, some of those assumptions not be validated, it just helps you become a better designer over time, I
1: feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Even better when your PM suggests something and the users are like, I don't like this thing. And <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> I tried to tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I did have a question for you, Elaine, as it pertains to really just like us in the design community. Um, what do you think us as designers are not willing to address that we need improvement on?
1: Oh good question. Um I think our uh, <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <so laughs> That's gonna sound very strange, but um you can even go on LinkedIn, right? You'll see mm-hmm. rants and raves, from senior designers who who think they're the president. I don't know who think yeah. that they are like holier than thou, and that's mm-hmm. really not the approach that I don't. I think I think a designer should take. Um, I think we're more of a collective, and I think that um, humility is something that I don't know that. I think it should be in everybody. Every designer should have um, a, a strong sense of humility, right? Yes, you can be badass. Yes, you can create awesome things, but don't sit there and like, go, hey, look, this is what I did. You're wrong, and I'm right 100% of the time. Um, have the the guts to to you know take a little bite of that humble pie and and just you know be okay with with just communicating with people. You know, make your money, do your thing. But mm-hmm. be humble um be cool and be kind right you don't have yeah. to come out and be so forceful with your ux opinion and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i've seen a lot of that like on linkedin and in chats and in, um, even speeches right my way is the best way and here's yeah. my
2: book
1: you know, read my yeah. book best you know that kind of thing and i don't think that as de- i think as designers we can do a better job of conveying a message without you know being all up in everybody's lunchbox so um.
0: yeah yeah i totally agree with you and i think for me too like i try to keep my opinions you know to myself a little bit because you know every uh, that's really all it is it's just opinions like it's really just opinions like really at the end of the day who gives a shit like at your company or in your space where you're creating products, where where you should give a shit is just ultimately is your client. And in, in our instance, or in our case, we have two clients most of the time, like who we work for, the people who yeah. hired us. And the users. And then the customers and the users, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Like that, those who are our clients. Yeah. So, you know, I try to stay away from opinions, even though, I mean, I've, we have to read that shit, you know, we're on Medium and all that. So we have to mm-hmm. read it, but... You have to take that as just that opinions. Yeah. When you get on the job, all that shit goes out the window and (laughs) it (laughs) It just really does. does. Yeah.
1: You're not even lying there because you have to you have to come up with your own way of working. We have Mm -hmm. as a UX person, right? As a UX designer, we have a multitude of tools and processes and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: evaluations and research and flows and all kinds of things at our disposal. And you may Mm -hmm. only use two or three, right? um, So at the end of the day, all the books that you read, I mean, they're they're good knowledge to have. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to know what to expect until you're in there until you're in the weeds with your project managers and understanding what your business needs, right? Like, It goes back to the business thing, right? You have to understand how they digest information, how they want want you to synthesize what you know to them.
2: It's Mm -hmm. different,
1: right? I have people that that like that prefer flows. They like I just want to see the flow. I have other people that are like I want to see the wires. Mm -hmm. And other people that are like I want an end-to-end prototype that's you know high fidelity and everything's working and I can click it all.
0: So Mm -hmm. it just.
1: To your and those tool sets will vary, I think, from company to company to company. And the processes will vary mm-hmm. from company to company. And yeah. you have to take what you know and go in and, and do your best and learn. Mm-hmm. Right? You learn as you're, you're, you're doing. And mm-hmm. I think that's the best way for any designer to approach something.
2: Yeah.
0: Be flexible. Very factual. Mm-hmm. Very factual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. Do you feel that boot camps, schools, programs, courses um, are misleading or keeping information from people?
1: Oh, no, I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's kind of a subject that that I like, again, go back to LinkedIn or Medium, right? You see these mm-hmm. articles where like just because you went to a boot camp doesn't mean, you know, blah, blah, blah. hmm. hmm. And I and I sit there and I cringe a little bit because I'm like, wow, you are so bougie. But anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, and I and I think this person, yes, I'm glad you went to you know your university. I'm glad you went and got this education and went and got your visual, you know, mm-hmm. design and degree and, and all this stuff. That's that's commendable. It's commendable. It's a hard work, and I commend you for it. Mm-hmm. But don't belittle someone else because they chose a different path. And I think yep. that. And and I I've I've had discussions with people about this where you know going to a UX certification course or a mm-hmm. you know a design boot camp, it's not it's not bad. It really mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Because it's that stuff that you need, like that one piece that could be missing from your arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. You know how to do digital marketing, you know how to, you know, use Wix, you know how to use Squarespace. Mm -hmm. there's one piece that kind of eludes people and Mm -hmm. i think camps, ux boot camps um you know certification programs those type of things can fill in those gaps for people and Mm -hmm. it gives them a space where they can come and ask questions that isn't going to cost them like you know university yeah and some people just don't have that right i need to learn but i want to learn where i can afford it and and, Mm and i think that these places are really great for people that that desire to expand their knowledge to to grow their career and to you know kind of advance themselves and honestly i think that you'll find that the people that are in these 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 uh boot camps and you know certification courses they're Mm -hmm. there for a reason and they're there to work and they're there because they want to advance and that's a little different from you know Sitting in a class with the uni- in a university kid sitting next to you, going, "Oh, I failed this class again. It's all right. Dad'll pay for it next year."
2: Yeah, I literally yeah. sat
1: next to somebody like that, and wow, it' was like, "Dude, you're wasting your time." You know,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but but that that topic kind of makes me bristle a little bit because I don't think that as a UX designer we should be so bougie. Yes, yeah. we went you know to school and we did our thing and we're learning these things, but everybody was once a beginner and you have to yeah. let, let these people come up and you can't hog all that knowledge. You can't take it with you and you go, and you can't
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, be that rock, that rock star forever. So
2: mm-hmm. down
1: mm-hmm. be okay with letting people learn at their pace and learn the way that they want to. Um,
0: yeah, I agree. Yeah, I appreciate your perspective on that one too, because it's, You're absolutely right. I do agree that, you know, the designer title, we put ourselves on a pedestal because of that title. And Mm -hmm. it's like, guys, just humble yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) humble yourself. Yeah, we've been working for a while and then we get onto a new place. You still knew. Like, you don't know everything. So, Mm -hmm. like, come in here, humble yourself, get the job done. You were brought in here to get, you know, to do a job. Do it. And, you know, I found that, I mean, the successes that I've had is because I think from my humble beginnings, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I didn't, I didn't come from, you know, a silver spoon. I didn't come from all that type of shit. I knew how to hustle. And so that hustle mentality keeps me humble because it's like, okay, I got to get in here and learn how to do this so I don't get let go. And (laughs) that granted, I'm not going to get let go, but that's just the mentality that I have. And so you do that. You don't have time to be focused on being bougie about shit.
1: Yeah, we'll be on that one, one hundred percent. It's that hustle, the humble hustle. What? I'm putting that yeah. on the show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> actually a good phrase. Cool. Yeah,
1: we need to 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 teach that to people. We need to get mm. out and talk to people, young designers, old designers. My yeah, God. yeah. We'll need to be brought down, but. Uh, <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like come on. Now, I wanted to ask you something, Elaine, because I mean you've always. I mean, you've always had this like this crazy bubbly spirit like nothing gets you down all this type of shit and then i'm just wondering has anyone taken advantage of that or or you've experienced any misogyny as a designer especially as a um a latina woman because you know the numbers aren't that they aren't very high when it comes to black and brown people so like have you ever experienced any type of misogyny as a designer and how did you overcome that if you did
1: i have to say that not as a Latina, but mm-hmm. as a woman. So yes. that is something that was very different. So I had to change the way that I was thinking about being in the business world.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: now, prior to that, I was um, I had long hair. I had mm-hmm. you know, I had to look. I was, you know, I, could be cool <laughs> if I wanted to. Uh-huh. And um, I realized that people weren't really taking me seriously. Mm-hmm. That they weren't um, letting me speak; that they kind of were like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll handle it." Right? Yeah. With me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I said, "Why? Why am I not advancing? Why am I not being taken seriously? Why am I not being heard? I mm-hmm. have good ideas. I have these great things that I need to do or that I can do." Mm-hmm. And, I, and I didn't understand that, so I said, "I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do an experiment. Cut off all my hair." Um, I kind of reinvented myself and I said, I'm going to see if this is zero yeah. and sure enough, it did. People, That's crazy. crazy. They began, I began to speak, um, more I, mm. instead of just kind of like humbling down whenever somebody would say, oh, that's, we'll handle this, yeah. mm. I began to speak up more. And I began to, you know, um, kind of engage more with all the different projects or the things that we were, were working on. Mm. and my voice started to be heard and I started to be able to present more and I started to be able to speak well. And I started to be able to, you know, invite Elaine to that meeting, right? Elaine needs to come to this mm-hmm. meeting, that mm-hmm. kind of, thing. and it was a like night and day. And so looking back at my career, cause I was, I was like in, in admin assistant roles in, you know, national mm-hmm. stress coordinator roles, these type of roles.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I can remember working at one place where we could judge who they would hire what they look like oh they're gonna hire that guy
2: they're gonna mm. hire that guy oh, yeah. they and mm-hmm.
1: fair enough you know they would hire the pretty the girls with mm-hmm. the, the guys that you know were clean cut and you know yeah people, right and it was it was very much a stigma like this is nobody's going to take me seriously if i don't change the way that i'm thinking about myself and the way that i want people to to think about me now yeah. i still- Personality. I was still, you know, nice and, and just me, right? The only thing I changed was my appearance. Yeah. You know, changed was was, you know, not wanting to be shut up. Don't. Yeah. Up. I'm not here to be shut up. I'm here to talk to you and to communicate with you and to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that was something that I had to kind of overcome, you know, as a woman coming up through the, the design world.
0: Did you feel any pressure at all being one of the few representatives of the Latinx community?
1: I did not. Um, i worked with very talented, you know, Mexican designers and very, Mm -hmm. Lily and Ahmed and, you know, all the people that- Lily
0: Ahmed, yeah, they're both really good.
1: And so, and even our our team that we had in Mexico, I
0: didn't
1: really face any stigma. Mm. Um, And I think it's because you know, the, the work kind of speaks for itself. You're yeah. able to, to do that. And I've been very lucky to work for organizations where they let the work lead and they let yeah. you know, um, your ideas lead and, and, and that kind of thing. And and my advice to people that are encountering that right now, mm-hmm. is find a new company because they yeah. really don't value you or maybe they value you a little too much. You know what I'm saying? So they're not gonna take you seriously otherwise. So Go to a place where your skills, your ideas, your thoughts will be valued more. And and for young designers, that's hard because you're in your first gig. Yeah. you like, I don't, I don't want to leave. I'm, I'm doing yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but go where you're valued. And there are places where you will be valued and, and yeah. for the things that you can bring to the table.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you assess a company in saying, yeah, they're going to value me here? How do you uh, ascertain that?
1: One of the first questions I ask is, "Does your Does your CEO uh, value design?"
0: Mm-hmm. That's value a great question. Experience?
1: Does he value user experience?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Second thing I ask is, "Does your UX team have a budget?"
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me. yeah. Wait. What do you? Why is the? Uh, what do you mean by? But well, I know what you mean by budget, but why is that? Why is so
1: that important? I'll I'll get there. So the first okay. one right? The first one, does your CEO value user experience? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If they understand the importance of research, of customer centric research, Mm of, um, you know, presenting data in certain ways that UXers do, Mm -hmm. then you know that you're in the right place. These people are going to value the work that you do and take you seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, If your UX team has a budget, that means that they take you and your learning and the different things that you want to do to advance you as a UX designer seriously. Mm-hmm. So that budget will allow you to go to classes or to conferences or to um, yep. go and further your knowledge. Right. If yep. they don't have a budget for UX, that's probably not a good place to be. Yep. And, and that's why. Right. Because you will do you will go in at eight o'clock. You will leave at four. You will go in at eight o'clock. <laughs>
2: at eight o'clock yeah,
1: do. but yep. if you go to a company that values UX, that has a budget, they Mm -hmm. will be able to say, what do you want to do now? What's next? How can I help you get the knowledge that you need, right? Um, To expand and to grow your, your, um, your own personal, you know, yourself, really. Mm -hmm. That's important to me. Those are the two questions that I ask every single time I've been ever interviewed with anybody. Yeah. And, and and it's easy for me to say no, no, I'm not interested, but thank you so Mm much. And then I Mm -hmm. give I'm like a little bit of feedback might be, you know, to value UX people more, and to mm-hmm. value or to, you know, read my resume. Yeah,
0: no, you're you're 100% right. You know, those are some excellent questions to ask, and that that brings me to my next question. It's like, do you think companies should invest more in their employees? And obviously, that's a yes, but it's like, you know, how would you recommend? you know, companies doing that, because I know for me, that's one of the things I'm trying to push hiring more junior designers, like they're hungry, they need the experience. Um, they don't come in with bad habits, you know, um, as, as senior designers, they don't come in with that sense of entitlement. It's, I need to come in here, I want to learn as much as I can. And, and that budget question is very important, because if you have the budget to train them, develop them,
2: yeah, you're gonna
0: you're gonna get more in return doing that. So, posing the question to you, like obviously, do you think companies should invest more in their employees? And what are some ways that you feel that they should uh, should do that?
1: So, one Well, first, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing for companies and organizations to to do. Right, value your employee, and, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about in the. And uh, here's a certificate way to go yeah. you know, mm-hmm. i'm talking about talking to them right talking to to their superiors and getting them to talk to their people and say
2: mm-hmm.
1: have those conversations about their growth their personal growth you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're here now where would you like to be right what yeah do how can i help you grow um having those conversations i think is really important and i have them with my supervisor right or my manager i should say we, we have our one-on-ones weekly and he's constantly asking me, so how can I help you, right? How can I
2: yep.
1: Is there anything yep. that you'd like to do? That kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I value that talk because then I can ask the questions I need to ask or want to ask, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting a, um, an organization to do that, I think they'll see the ROI in that person. They'll see mm-hmm. the dedication that that person will give them as a result of being given this, this opportunity. Right. Yep. Um, and and they'll see that growth in all of their work. Right. They may start as a junior, but they're going to develop those skills and they're going to get good and they're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have to want it. Right. You just have to want it. You have to go get it and you have to trust that your employer isn't going to go. <laughs> gonna let you go now. So, yeah,
0: I got a question. So what is so would this be a telltale sign of a company that doesn't. um necessarily uh value design so like what if they have like their um their engineering organization all filled out product organization all filled out and then design is just just kind of paddling in the water
1: like, <laughs> yeah
0: is that a telltale sign that a company doesn't it's not really invested in design
1: it depends right depends, okay. ask, ask, it depends ask the powers that be say um, are we going to expand our UX team anytime soon? Are there mm-hmm. any plans, right? You need, to, you need to know as an employee, the company's plans or mm-hmm. their future vision of mm-hmm. growth. And those are questions anyone can ask. At least yeah. if, you're, if you're in a big organization, you should be able to ask anyone those questions and they should have an answer for you as to their business vision or their um, product roadmap vision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be afraid to ask those questions. Say, I know that you know our UX team is kind of small. Um, are there any plans in the future to grow this within the next quarter, within the next, you know, business cycle, whatever, you know, um, financial term that they use? Just ask, and you can do this in like a one-on-one if you're not comfortable talking to like a group or whatever. Ask your manager. Say, I have a question. Do you know if there's any, you know, um, growth that's going to happen with our UX team anytime soon? And if they go, why? just go, Oh, cause I have a couple of friends to look at, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you don't have to like get <laughs> on yourself. You can just uh-huh. say, cause I have a couple of friends that are interested in, you know, a UX role, that's mm-hmm. all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if, if you ask those questions, you'll, you'll just, you might be surprised at the answer, them, right? Maybe they don't have the budget yet, but they're going to get uh-huh. there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then if you find that out, the decision is yours, whether or not you want to stay and, and mm-hmm. be the lone wolf for a while or um whether or not you want to wait for the growth. So yeah. when when I first started at 7 Eleven, there was three of us. It was, mm-hmm. it was me. For the whole company? For the it was me, Ben, um, and Ahmed. There's three.
0: For all it, of seven eleven. 11
1: all of seven eleven. For, That's for wild. Two, us, two X people. And um it was it was interesting because we had just three of us. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is a big company we're going to do this okay but then we i started to talk to, to him and, and and asking these questions like so are we going to you know grow our team anytime soon are we going to he was like yeah i've got plans because i'm hiring i'm interviewing and we we did we interviewed a lot of people and we hired some really great great folks and our team just grew exponentially and as that team grew 7-eleven started to see the worth and they started to see the value in having ux people and they started to realize that these guys know what they're doing and they they we like what they're doing. Right. And, um, you know, they they have their they have their issues.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I sure did.
1: <laughs> but um, but what I'm saying is that if you want to trust your company, you have to trust your company and you have to mm-hmm. uh, be willing to, to say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to stick it out for six more months. I'm going to stick it out for a quarter. I'm going to stick it out for two quarters to see if he keeps his promise. Mm-hmm you know, keep them accountable. Um, keep your businesses accountable. And that is something that that you as an employee can do. Um, Texas is an app. What is it? At Will at will state.
0: At at will state. state. Mm-hmm.
1: So you have the freedom to come and go if you need to. But yeah, but I encourage you to have those conversations first, you know, decide and you can get the lay of the land for your organization or your business. Um, you know, where do you see this team in five years? They ask you the question, right? Where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. Put it back on them. Where do you see our team mm-hmm. in five years?
2: Yep.
1: Is it Just me still, or do we have a team, a UX mm-hmm. team? Will there ever be a budget? Just ask those questions and yeah. um, and you'll get some answers that will make you, help you make a decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great answer. You know, it's interesting you say that, too, because like I remember my first job was a really good experience. Like it, it really was. I had a really good experience. And the the guy who hired me, A.J. Simon, um, really, really good dude, really good to me. And I remember when I was interviewing for the process, you know, typically, Elaine, what would you say really quickly? Like how for a phone screening with a hiring manager, how long does it typically last?
1: Oh, gosh. It's um, a phone screen, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 25, 30
0: minutes. Mm-hmm. Mine was an hour and a half. We were, <laughs> I, I mean, understood. yeah, we were just in an hour and a half. We weren't even talking about design the whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. we was talking about life. I mean, we just we really hit it off. But one of the things I'll never forget, he told me, he was like, my job is to prepare you to grow. It's, it's to grow you. Um, and I told he asked me, and it was funny. He hated the type of questions. Where do you see yourself in two years? Where do you see yourself in five years? But he asked me, he's like, I mean, I hate these questions, but where do you see yourself in two years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Right. My entry-level job, I made like 75,000. Right. And at that time, you know, I'm thinking about money to help out with family and stuff like that. So I'm like, in two years, I want to break six figures, bro. That's just just what it is. And he was like, okay. And he, I never forget when he told me this, I said, yeah, I'm going to go work for that guy. He said, my job is to prepare you to get six figures, whether that's with me or somebody else.
1: That's awesome. That is the guy guy we all want to work for, right? The Mm -hmm. one that's going to help you advance and help you succeed and, and look at your work and say, here's how you can make it better, right? Mm -hmm. And um, not just look at it and go, "What are you doing?" Right? Yeah. Somebody that yep. can say that comes to you with solutions and not more problems. Um, mm-hmm. So that is the kind of person that I would have worked for 100, no yeah, doubt. Yeah,
0: AJ was AJ was uh, he was a shit for me, and I think he he had a very tough love type of style, which I resonated with that because I mean my dad was like that, you know, coaching me in basketball and shit. I I give him shit all the time because he was like Levar Ball growing up but that prepared me to handle really any situation that I was going in like nobody's gonna be harder than my dad so like this shit is all lightweight like and one of the things too that I tell people is really important especially coming up as a junior designer is being able to accept criticism that is like the hardest thing for people to get they get their feelings hurt like it has nothing to do with you it's Mm -hmm. the work it's what you put out Yep. You're not less than because you put out a shitty design. Everybody puts out a shitty design. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Take the criticism, and go fix it. That's it.
1: Well, it goes back to that being married to your design, right? Exactly, can, it does. If you can, that go, if you can just say, eh, "Okay, I screwed this one up. Let's try to try again," then you're yeah. gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna feel better one <laughs> about yourself, and two about your design that you that you put out mm-hmm. the second time, right? So I agree with
0: that 110% man. Speaking of work that's put out, Elaine, I can't leave here without you talking about the shit that you've done. Because I'm telling you, man, (laughs) when when I saw your work at 7-Eleven when we were there, you know, the Detective Pikachu thing, that that whole... Can you talk, you know, as much as you can legally, Mm -hmm. talk about that experience? Because, you know, from my understanding, I think you said that... At 7-Eleven, that was your first time really, like, working with AR, right?
1: It was. It was a lot of fun. And and I think because it was my first time, I kind of went in with, like, this clean slate of a sense of adventure, right? Okay, let's, mm-hmm. make, let's see what we can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's every, those Greenfield projects are, are really, really awesome for designers, right? That's, like, an artist's dream to be able to come in and say, oh, I, I can do it, whatever yeah. I want. Are you serious? Yep. And so that was it was interesting and and i can remember being at 7-eleven and that was when um like i think ray and Ranj and we had like three three designers at that time we had hired mm-hmm. more people. so mm-hmm. on the seven awards team we were all and Ranj was our our pm and she was like all right who wants to do this ar thing i don't know what this ar thing is but do you want to do this ar thing and i was like yeah yes, it was like mm, i don't even play video games no right so i was like oh, i'll do it, it. share no problem and so mm-hmm. we that's where it started right and then i went in and started to listen to the teams that we were working with and and um started to say i could, I could do this thing all right cool no problem so we started to create these games and we started to create these these fun activities for people to, to interact with within the app mm-hmm. and Um, Then the opportunity came where we were going to partner with Warner Brothers and um, Legendary Films and um, the Pokemon Company, Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, this is awesome. This is rad.
2: Yeah.
1: I played Pokemon Go. I watched Pokemon cartoons with my kids. It was great. This was like like the shit for me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I am excited about this one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I heard the scope of what we were trying to do, and I was like... (laughs) (laughs) because the, the business comes to you and they're like okay we want to hit these numbers and mm-hmm. you're like, holy cow i don't know if i can do that i've never, I've never mm-hmm. done this before we'll try it mm-hmm. um we'll, we'll try it right so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I can remember going into this room um with, with santana who was our um the the pm for seven rewards and and he was like i need you to design this thing we're going to try to do it at um, South by Southwest. We're going to do all these things. And I was like, all right, yeah. all right. So I locked myself in this room with my whiteboard and the marker, and I stared at it for like 30 minutes going, what did I get myself into?
2: <laughs>
1: what did I get myself into? And then um, I started to just think, OK, well, I can do anything. If I can do anything, then I'm just going to write it on this board and we're going to see what sticks. And so I started to, to, to really just think creatively about, and this is where the marketing part of me kind of kicked in and started to, to really think through how can we make the, the Tech to Pikachu experience really awesome
2: mm-hmm. from
1: end to end, from in-store to the app, you know, all these different pieces. Mm-hmm. So I started to sit and think. Okay, well, as a kid, we all love to play games. Detective Pikachu was a game. Was um, is a game, right? I mean, you have to find uh, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective Pikachu, the movie, was a concept that I was unfamiliar with because we, at, at that point I had no idea what this movie was about. I mm-hmm. just had a small little snippet of the movie. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I said, "Well, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this?" And um, I said, "Well, maybe." People come and they try to, you know, find Pokemon. He's a detective, you know, maybe they're trying to find him. So then Mm -hmm. it started to scribble on this whiteboard, all of these like Greenfield's huge ideas, um, different ideas, multitude of ideas. We're gonna have Mm -hmm. these different components people can scan and then maybe that's a Pokemon, maybe the Pokemon, Mm -hmm. those type of things. Mm -hmm. And it was all on this whiteboard. And I can remember, bringing in our marketing team and bringing in um, the seven rewards team and just having a go and and explaining all these different pieces that that came together. Mm -hmm. Um, And talking to the marketing team was important because they brought their perspective. And they were like, we can't do this, we don't have the funding, you know, this type of these type of things. So we were marking stuff off the wall. Yep. Um, And then we said, well, Maybe I can just we can create an, a really cool AR experience, right? At least it's something that we have control over. It's our product. We can do this here. Mm-hmm. So that's where the the whole concept of the AR gaming came from for for Detective Pikachu. Um, it, mm-hmm. it grew out of of, of a bigger thing that we mm-hmm. what we as a as a team had control over. Um, so I had to <laughs> I had to figure out how I was going to make this this game. That had not previously made us any money, make us mm-hmm. money, and mm-hmm. so what we did is we, we set our KPIs, we began to to say, okay, now how is this experience going to work? How mm-hmm. are we to to sell merchandise, to get people in the stores to shop, to um, partner with different you know vendor partners to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the whiteboard, had my little marker in hand, and. I sat there and I, I started to think through this. I was like, okay, well, um, and it was b- right right before this point, I should say that, that they flew us out to, to LA and mm-hmm. um, we got to see the Pokemon uh, movie like the mm-hmm. Pokemon screening and they mm-hmm. were still holding it. So you could still see all the green screen stuff with these guys like holding rods. Yeah. And <laughs> we got the gist of the movie and we got the gist of what it was about. So then I took Mm -hmm. those ideas back and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then Mm -hmm. then my wheels started turning and I started to think like a kid, really. um, Mm -hmm. What was fun when I was a kid, right? We had had memory games when I was a kid. You know, the memory, you turn the cards over and the matching games. That Mm -hmm. was fun. We had hide and seek, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of game. And then we had a couple of other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were just kids' games when we were kids, right? And then I said, well, I'm gonna digitize these and I'm gonna see if we can, can't make something happen with those. Um, so then I went to the wall and I started to write questions, right? How would I do this? How, would, how might a person do this? How might we,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, um, and I, I UXed it really, mm-hmm. each game. And I said, how can a person um, search for Pokemon? What kind of gaming structure should this have around it? So then mm-hmm. I'd you to say, okay, so we have a light concept of games. How can we make it a holistic experience for in-store?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because in-store is where the money gets made, right? We yep. can make digitally, but you don't have to be, you know, in a store to, to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to make a company money. So mm-hmm. I took a step back and I said, okay, how can we monetize these things and how can we make it how can we make it uh, viable for 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. Um, then I started to think, well, we have product, right? I have the I have seven, seven rewards team right here. They, they, their product, I have product. Mm-hmm. So I brought them into the mix and we started to converse about what can I give away? What mm-hmm. can I, what can I do, right? Do we have product to give away? Do we have things that I can get away with um, you know, giving away in the app? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we can do pizza and we can do a Slurpee. You know, if you buy a drink, you can get some pizza, pizza free, you know, all these different mm-hmm. give away. So it grew from there to where I was like incorporating um, a gaming structure around bringing people into the store, right? So the reward wow. that you from the game mm-hmm. would take you into the store to redeem them, right? Mm-hmm. So you go and take your app. And get your um, get your free thing because you won it in that that week's game. So then they thought, well, we're going to be giving away a lot of stuff. And I thought, well, okay, hold on, let's think about this. So we have a certain amount of time that this game has to live in the app before the movie launches. Okay, I get that. How do we do that? Okay, so I had to go back and I had to sit and think through um, the overall game structure. And I thought, okay, so. If this has to live you know, for a certain number of weeks and we have, okay, I know what I need. I need a certain number of Pokemon that people find each week so leading up to the movie. So then I started to think, okay, so let's, how do I do this? It's a detective, it's, we have to incorporate a map, a map, I have to make a map, right? Mm-hmm. So I started, to, I was like, um, I had Candy Crush in my head. I had yep. a, a map, a little map with the nodes, right? So I thought, I'm going to do something like that, but it's going to be a little bit different where you have to unlock them by playing the previous week's game. Mm-hmm. So in order to play the previous week's game, you had to, you know, do the, do the thing, find the Pokemon, and you get your free thing, gets you into the store, and then you come back next week because you want to, you know, get the next free thing or find out what the next free thing is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: From there, that's when I started to lay out the flow of this game on the board. I started to map it out and I drew the pictures of the storyboarding. So storyboarding mm-hmm. is yep. a really vital piece of this whole experience. Um, being able to, to visualize what you're trying, what, what's in your head really um, to other people was important um, mm-hmm. during days because I had had ideas and I knew what I wanted to, to convey, but I didn't have a digital prototype to share mm-hmm. because it was AR and I was like, how can I Yeah. Yes. Well, I had to, to draw. I had to literally go back to like grade school and draw little pictures and stick figures and, and storyboard this out and um, from end to end and show them the different states of what 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 could be. And this storyboard mm-hmm. ended up being massive. and I don't know if you remember. If you I, saw- I saw it. <laughs> and so um, getting all of those things for each of the games was was quite a task. But at the mm-hmm. end, we had a really nice artifact that we could present to the Pokemon Company, and we could present to, um, you know, Warner Brothers and Legendary Films, and and they were able to visualize this thing that we were trying to do for them, and um, they were like, "This is gonna be awesome. We like it," you know. So I was like, oh, "Cool." So mm-hmm. like. So then, you know, we went back and and we said, "Well, now we need to find a really nice partner that's gonna be able to do this and develop it for us." And yeah. That's where zapper came in and zapper the guys were amazing they're um, um one of the leading you know retail augmented reality companies and mm-hmm. uh, they worked really well with me and um, helped me develop all the ar gaming you know during my time there i, I had so much fun with those guys because they yeah. were able to, to take my ideas and take the thoughts and the um the the wires and everything that i was giving them and they turned it into something amazing and mm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, those flows and, and those late nights and those storyboards and all that stuff, it came together and, and made a really nice experience for 7-Eleven. And, you know, yes, it was a nice experience. But at the end of the day, what really mattered to the business, did it make us money? Right. Yep. And it, it ended up doing very, very well, um, not just for, for our side on the 7-Reward side, but for the marketing team as well, because they put... Um, the app in different uh, marketing campaigns all all over social media in the, the you know movie theaters and so this thing grew and it ended up making the money like making making major money like mm-hmm. 13 bucks
0: 13 million, 13
1: million It. We got like eight hundred thousand new customers as a result.
0: So, yeah.
1: So this kind of stuff was amazing, and then and uh, well, probably a once in a lifetime thing, but it was so rad and um just being able to to jump in and and yeah. have that experience and to to use UX right to create mm-hmm. and to design it and to flow it out and to storyboard and to um you know tell that customer journey from end to end was was something that I will never forget and um it was really cool and I wish everybody could mm-hmm. have an experience like that at least once in our lifetime because it's that's like, just,
0: hell yeah like your first <laughs> your first ar experience like wow like that shit is wild and you ended up 13 million off of that like that wow wow see (laughs) but it was
1: and it didn't feel like work you know so Mm so that's what kind of told me another thing that i was doing what i loved and and
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you you gravitate towards roles like that right so Mm -hmm. being able to come in and do what you love it doesn't feel like work it feels like a joy and you're coming and you, you you enjoy what you do and you enjoy you know scribbling on a whiteboard and you know mm. bouncing ideas off of other people um sitting in a room with people that are smarter than you and you're like i love these people right and
0: mm-hmm.
1: so for me that was that was a lot of fun and it was um it was a wonderful experience and i'll never forget it yeah forget
0: it. that's really that's super dope really cool. cool. it is because there's a lot of people that are that are listening um, from what I'm hearing is it's a lot of people that are trying to come up into um, this business. If you had to give them one piece of advice to really, really stick by along their UX journey, what would that be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. The first thing that's popping into my head is don't do it for the money right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, go in to the field and get what you can. Right. As far as mm-hmm. the salary goes, the money will come. That mm-hmm. that will come later. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, what you need to do is get your feet wet. You need to mm-hmm. get in there. You need to um, listen to other designers, you need to observe, you need to watch how people do things, and you need to ask questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That if that piece right there is important, mm-hmm. ask questions. And it kind of reminds me: have you guys ever seen The Pursuit of Happiness?
2: Yeah. With will Smith,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He sees this guy and he's out there in the car, this expensive car on. Um, and, and he goes up to him and he's like, What do you do? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, mm-hmm. and like, Oh, I, you know, I'm a stock trader or whatever. Mm-hmm. I gotta get me. I gotta get me one of those. It's not mm-hmm. car. But and it's kind of the same in UX, right? You, you see these people doing great things, go talk to them, find out how they did what they're doing. And mm-hmm. um, Ask them the questions and you'll you, I think you'll find with most UX people mm-hmm. that we're open to to talking, yep. open to telling you, and we're open to to teaching, right? Because we want to to express to you that this is your this is our craft and we want mm-hmm. you to come up in it and, and learn these things and take it out and go do more awesome things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ask questions. I think that's the biggest one for me is just ask questions and you'll learn more.
0: I really appreciate you coming and speaking to us. I mean, you gave us a lot of gems. Yeah, it was just yeah, um, a lot of gems. You know, really eye opening, and just you know, to hear your story again. I think a lot of people um, definitely need to hear it, especially you know those of us that are in the black and brown communities, because you know we aren't exposed to too many of these jobs. We don't yeah. know about a lot of this shit. So for for us to you know be doing it successfully and loving it, and mm-hmm. for us to be able to show people just how you get into this is really really important and that's really what design plug is about literally plugging people in on here's how you get here um so i really really appreciate you coming to talking